morning, everyone. Let's stand and worship the Lord. Yes, let's sing. When I'm in the roughest water, I won't go under, I won't drown. And when I'm in over my head, I know that you won't let me down. And when I'm broken and down to nothing, sing with us. I know that you are. Always up to something good. That's right. He is. I know that you are always up to something good. Amen, Lord. Thank you. You'll make a way, whatever it takes. There's nothing your love won't endure. I know that you are always up to something good. valley you go before me you are here for I know you never leave me your love surrounds me I won't fear and when I'm broken thank you Lord I'm down to nothing let's proclaim it this morning I know that you
Father is always ready to meet us as a father, as a friend. Christ, our brother, Holy Spirit, our comforter. My encouragement to us all is to find time to rest in his presence. He leads us beside still waters. Won't be afraid. You are here. 
Father, we love you, and we are so thankful <laughs> that your peace and kindness follows us everywhere that we go, that it's not dependent on our actions, it's not dependent on what we do, but on your love. For even before we did anything, we have done nothing, you saved us, Father. You came down as a man, even though while we were still sinners, so we revel in that. We we rest in the fact that it has nothing to do with us, but everything to do with your grace and mercy. So we give you honor and glory, Lord. We give you praise. We thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you all. My name is Jason Banks. I'm one of the uh, pastors here at the bridge, and we are so glad. Look at us. We're together again. It's amazing. We love our family. If you're new, welcome to the family. You're automatically inundated and part, you know, we'll, we'll get you a name tag and whatever you need, but uh, welcome. We love you very much. And uh, so Pastor Jimmy and Annette are both in uh, Nashville right now. And they are celebrating the wedding of their granddaughter. So, a joke from first service, he's potentially could become a great-grandfather here pretty quick. So, be sure to uh, rub it in his face when he's here. Because that's, nah, you know, it's a little, little scary. Jimmy, you look great, though. You look awesome. So, anyway, we love him. And uh, the Risters are also out of town, too, Jeffrey and Suzanne. And she recently lost her dad, so they're uh, celebrating his life and uh, going through the grieving process. So let's keep them in prayers because they are in a pretty hefty storm right now. But we love you too, Richters. Appreciate you guys. So, um, yeah, info at bridgefpg.com. <laughs> this is what we want, need you to do. If you are... Uh, if you've had like a change in your phone number, your address, if you've moved, any information that has changed, we would like to get that updated just so that we can keep you in the know with what's going on with Bridge Church. So if you would go to uh, bridge, uh, info at bridgefbg.com, then you can 
send us whatever new information you might need to so that we can get information to you as well. There's also cards out in the foyer that you can fill out if you're that type of person and you like to write it down. But uh, we would greatly appreciate that. Also, prayer requests. If you have any prayers. I mean, who, who needs prayer right now? It's going crazy. God, this world is nutso right now. We are here to stand together as family. And we have a mighty prayer team full of mighty warriors that would love to just hold you up and uh, encourage you in that. So know that you're not alone, especially in this age of where we've kind of become secluded. We're not alone. We have family. So... Let us know your prayer requests, and uh, we will pray for them fervently. Also, uh, there's um, a new thing that we're doing called Zoom groups. So this is kind of like our connect group. It's, it is connect groups, but it's for those who are still not comfortable with meeting in person. And you can go online, and you, there's, there's details to join one, and Pastor Jeffrey is over that, as well as uh, the Let's Row women are meeting tomorrow night at Market Plots at 6.30. So if you are uh, a lady and you are interested in having you know, some strong women in your life, they are meeting to, tomorrow at 6.30 at Market Plots, and Miss Charlene is going to give her story, and it is quite the story. So you ladies... Uh, it would be a great opportunity to meet and to just connect in, in that way. But, uh, so usually we take this time to pray for our churches in our community. But uh, if you haven't noticed, our nation is in a bit of an upheaval right now. So I would like to pray for America right now, as well as the church. I mean, Crystal and I were having a conversation this morning about just the state of, you could see the devil's plans kind of unfolding. I mean, the the very beginning, you know, there's grief, there's suffering. We had wildfires all over the place. There's swarms of locusts, and it's like the plagues have been released. And now we're dealing with fear from uh, COVID as well as isolation. And now we're, we're into the next season of hatred and uh, divisiveness. And so the devil has been very busy. And I've heard a few people say, come, Lord Jesus, just come now. But you know what? He's already here. He is in you. And that is part of our calling is we are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus right here and right now. So part of our responsibility is to pray for our country, to pray that our church would stand up and be the light that it needs to be. And this is where we are called to be right now. So let's, um, let's lift up our church, let's lift up our government, and uh, let's pray for our nation, shall we? So Father God, in your word you say that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, that you will hear their cries and you will heal their land. So Father God, we stand before you and we humble ourselves. We are nothing without you, but through your power, we know we have the ability to shake nations, to move mountains, to shift atmospheres. And so, Father God, we ask right now that your Holy Spirit would flood through this country, that each and every heart would be touched, that your ministering angels would be released to speak to the depths of every soul on this property, Father God. Holy Spirit, would you begin to reveal the truth to those who are deceived we speak against the Satan's schemes. In Jesus' name, we bind you. The spirit of fear, 
a spirit of hatred, the spirit of divisiveness. We bind you in the name of Jesus, and we say only truth be known. The spirit of love would flow, the spirit of truth, and the spirit of grace. Holy Spirit, would you reveal yourself in new ways? Would you begin to, to move? And we thank you, Father, that your kingdom is advancing violently. It is happening right here and right now. The devil may seem like he's got the foothold, but he, he has nothing. All authority has been granted to Jesus Christ our Lord and therefore to us as his co-heirs ruling and reigning right here and right now. So, Father God, we ask, would your kingdom come? Would your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? And Father God, would you protect our law enforcement officers as they serve us? Would you give supernatural legions of angels to walk around and protect them in the name of Jesus? Would you calm the crowds? Would you bring a spirit of peace upon our people, Father God? And would we look to you? Would we cry out to you in the name of Jesus that you are our only hope? Father God, would you give our, our uh, government officials, our authorities, our governors, our president wisdom? Would you give them discernment? Would you help righteousness to rule and reign? And would you, Holy Spirit, reveal new tactics, new strategies, heavenly strategies, Father God, to bring this nation to its knees, its knees in humility and re restoration and redemption? So we humble ourselves, Lord, and we declare all these things done for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Ah, something shifted, that's for sure. So thank you so much for your generosity, family. You guys have just astounded us as we, as we turn our focus to, um, to offering. You know, our, our, our tithes and our offerings is a statement of faith that, God, you are our provider. You bring everything. You give us the resources that we need. You give us the jobs. You give us the talents and skills and ideas and opportunities. And when we give, we are saying, I believe that you are bringing even more. I'm stepping into alignment with your kingdom. And you guys have been so faithful. Thank you so much for just giving through your church. And we, we are blessed to, to be able to uh, bless other ministries and to bless people because that's what's needed right now more than ever. And so instead of passing the plate, you know, that awkward, you know, uh, it's um, now we have boxes on the wall for uh, checks. So during this next song, you're welcome to get up and put checks on the wall in the in the box on the wall. And um, or you can go online at bridgefbg.com and uh, there's a giving portal there. That's what I do because it's super easy. And uh, that's why I don't like the plate, because it's like, I swear I give money. But um no judgment here, right? No perfect people. So uh, let's let's bless our offering, and um, as we as we pray for our giving, let's also pray for our businesses in town. You know, we've been walking around downtown praying over our businesses that God will let, help them to thrive. But right now, it's more than it's needed more than ever that our businesses would begin to uh, be restored and built back up from the ground up. And I believe God's going to move in a mighty way. So, Father, we, we uh, lay these offerings before you, that you, God, are a God that multiplies resources, that we don't have to worry about the finite because you are infinite. And so, Father, we lay our resources down before you that you would spread them throughout this earth, bringing your kingdom. And, Father God, would you bless each and every family here, 
that you would bless them financially, that they could be a blessing to others. And would you begin to restore and renew businesses, businesses that thought they were done, that thought they were over, they were going bankrupt, that you would bring new life, new, uh, new ideas, new creativity, new strategies, kingdom strategies in the name of Jesus, that uh, new things would become invented, new ideas, new products, new uh, passion for what they're doing, that there would no longer just be jobs, but there would be callings that are revealed. So, Father, bless this offering and bless our community and our country. We pray that your kingdom would advance through our work. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's stand and worship some more.
love you, Lord. seated, would you?
Well, today we have a very special honor. The Haley's are moving back from Torreon, Mexico. If y'all don't know the Haley's, uh, Brian and Leslie and their two boys have been in Mexico for four years now, and we have been supporting them as well as a lot of you individually. And uh, they have recently made the move back to San Antonio, and they are dear friends. They have deeply rooted in this church, part of its original foundation laying. We love them very much, and uh, would you guys give a warm welcome to Brian. Good morning. It is great to be back with you. It's great to look into your faces. It's great to give many of you hugs. Um, as I, I'm starting to pace again, sorry. Sorry about that. Um, when I look into the, the faces in this video, it's powerful. I see people of different ages. I see young and I see old. I see people of different races. I see people of different socioeconomic status. But I also see different emotions and I see signs in the eyes of joy. I see signs of hurt and pain. I see signs of sadness. Do we have and do we make the time to look into each other's faces and to see what we're going through and to truly give our hearts one to the other and to pray for one another and to be there? I'm, I, I'm thankful for this, for this video you're, you're using at the beginning of each sermon. Um, it's a joy to be back with you. Um, this is the place that God captured our hearts with when we moved to Fredericksburg back in 2010. Um, we, we went to, uh, I, wish, I wish Ron were still here. I didn't say this in the first service today. Um, but we went to ABC Montessori School, which was out on Highway 16, uh, for a Wednesday night service after we went to a, a Sunday evening service at the Rock Box and a group of what you might call older folks, but uh, folks that were a, a couple of decades or three or four decades, some of them older than us, captured our hearts in, in Bible study. And from that moment, the, about the first week we were here, we said, this is home. This is our family. And it has continued to be that over the last few years. Um, four years ago, this church and many of you as individuals sent us to Torreon, Mexico to start a ministry. We, we had one vision of how it would be. God showed us and revealed something different over time. Uh, but it has been a time of great joy, a time of difficulty along the way. But God is raising up an army out of what we could call dry bones that is there and will continue to serve for years and years to come, even after Leslie and I and the boys come back. Um, thank you for your part in that. We recognize, we began to recognize that this was a time for transition because as the world is suffering, as many through, throughout the, the nation and the world are suffering economically, we saw that as far as support for this ministry, it was becoming a, an economic hardship for some of our supporters. Um, but those same supporters were, are, still are continuing to give and to give what they can when it is difficult when ends are, are, are barely meeting up. And so we want to say thank you. And come the end of September, we hope that this comes to a time of rest for you so that um, financially you can, you can rest in this. We hope that you will continue to pray for us and for the church in Mexico there. Uh, that's a, a, an important part that doesn't end in these transitions. 
Um, Leslie and I will be back to teach at Jefferson High School, and well, I'll be teaching at Jefferson High in, in San Antonio. We won't be in Fredericksburg right now, at least as far as where we're living, but our, we hope to come and visit and be more a part of, of this family as, as before. Um, who this morning is convinced that God is here among us? Woo, I see some, some enthusiasm here. Who is convinced that God is pleased to be among us and to show us his glory? Excellent, excellent. I am so glad to see that we, we have that conviction. From the very beginning of time, from the time that God created this earth, he created this earth to be his habitation. We could say in, in scientific words, to be his habitat. How did he create this world? He created a perfect world. All the vegetation, all the animals, all the water, the sky, the earth, the sea, what he created, he created perfect. Why? Because God lives in perfect places. That's, that's the only kind of place that he can live in. But when he finished creation, he made a declaration that it was not a finished project. He didn't say it with those words, but he put right in the middle of the garden what he called his image. And what was his image? Was it a statue? Was it uh, a building, a beautiful building? No, his image was mankind. It was you and me. Right here, I have what we're going to call a mirror this morning. And it is a sort of mirror. It's a little dirty. I need to clean it off. But with a mirror, if I, if I show you a mirror like this, you're going to see your own reflection, right? If I hold a mirror up like this, well, whatever's in the sky can see its own reflection. If God, were, if we could say he is looking down, well, maybe he would see his own reflection. But that's not what he did with mankind. I kind of learned this from N.T. Wright, a, a, a theologian, and, and, and I've taken this as my own. But when God shines down his glory, it reflects through us. But how does it reflect? It reflects out to creation. Oh, how does that work? Well, we administer the earth for him. And from the very beginning, how did it work? Mankind administered the earth through his creativity, through his goodness, through his justice, according to his wisdom. The projects that Adam and Eve were carrying out, we don't see them, but I imagine they were glorious. And what happened with the earth and with the animal kingdom and with all those that are not mankind? They rejoiced. And how did they rejoice? Well, the plants produced the greatest fruit you could ever imagine, and the animals did what they're supposed to do, and the earth was in harmony because mankind worshipped the one true creator, God, and administered the earth according to his glory and his goodness. Well, we know from the biblical story that mankind did not keep up that true worship. And from the moment the serpent came to usurp mankind's authority that he had put in us, God's authority through us, we shifted our vision and our worship. And mankind offered his worship to a created being, that serpent, that enemy of ours. And our image was broken. We can imagine a broken mirror that has lost its its direction, a, a satellite that's no longer in tune to the source. That's what mankind has been for generations. But God was not content to leave us that way because mankind is to be the garden corp keepers for his habitat, for his place to live and to dwell. Do you remember from Genesis that in chapter 3, after Adam and Eve had committed the sin of idolatry, trusting a being that was not God, to give them what they needed and to excel them, um, God did something. I don't know how it worked, but he went walking through the garden, as apparently was his custom in the cool of the day. 
Adam and Eve, I can imagine them finishing their work. Well, on this day, it was a little different. The story had just changed. But each day, them finishing their work, and God is walking some way in the garden. Wow. God with us. God among us. Well, as the story advances, of course, mankind has failed. God has tried to start over through Noah and the flood. He found a man of faith. Uh, Noah came through the flood safe because of his trust in God, but then he blew it right at the beginning. Uh, Mankind couldn't keep it up himself. God chooses to call Abram, and he gives him a promise. Why does God give him a promise that he would bless him and bless all nations through him? Because God is determined to bring salvation through a nation of people that would know his blessing and would know him and would worship him. It was not so that the nation Israel would be his only possession and his only blessing. It was so that salvation could come through Israel. Unfortunately, Israel, the boat of salvation to carry the world safe, was sinking itself. And salvation itself came through the one true Israelite, which is Jesus Christ himself. That's the only way that it worked out. But let's go back a little bit in the story to Moses. We remember Moses, right? Moses is famous because he was the one who brought Israel out of slavery, right? Well, he was the instrument of God, right? In the story, the ten plagues have just been shown to to Egypt and to the Pharaoh and all his people. He has finally had his heart softened by God, and he lets the people go. They cross the Red Sea. Miraculously, God closes the Red Sea over the Egyptians that, went, that were sent to go after them, the army, and they come to Mount Sinai, the place where God is ready to inaugurate this people with his law, with his way of living, with his presence. Moses goes up on the mountain. He spends time of fellowship with God in a way he never has, in a way I say humankind never had since Adam. He's amazed. He's in awe. He's glowing. His face is glowing by being in the presence of God. He starts to come down the mountain, and God says, wait. You know what, Moses? Go on down. Go down to your people and take them. Take them into the promised land. And uh, you know what? I'm going to keep this promise. I'm going I'm to drive out those that inhabit that land, those idolaters, those that worship other gods, and it will be your land. But you know what, Moses? I'm not going with you. Your people are a stiff-necked people. And from the very beginning, they're worshiping idols. You know what? It's not just because God is stubborn. It's because God cannot be present with us when our hearts are divided, when our hearts are worshiping idols, when we're lifting up things that are not the creator. We are not being the humanity that he designed us to be, and we're not giving him a place for him him to dwell. So Moses has has a heart for God, but he has a heart for his people. This people that really are not his belonging, they're not his possession, they belong to God, but God has made him that instrument. And Moses intercedes for his people before God, and he says, God, remember, this is your people. You made us out of nothing. And the nations are watching. Egypt is watching to see what happens now. You just delivered us from them. And if you leave us here, you're going to be the laughingstock of the nations. If you don't move forward, God, we don't go either. Listen to to, to Moses' heart. That should be our desire. The blessings of God, all his promises are of no worth to us if we do not have God 
himself. If he is not among us in his glory. Well, the people of Israel take that to heart for a while. And they follow God enough to set up a place of his dwelling. We call it a tent of meeting or a tabernacle where periodically his presence would come down in the cloud and in the pillar of fire by night. And Moses would go and he would meet with God in holiness, being purified of his sin ceremonially so that he could be to a certain extent in his presence. And God's presence begins to manifest itself among his people, driving out the the idolaters in the nation that wasn't their own. And God makes this land, Israel, a land of milk and honey, flowing with milk and honey. David becomes the second king of Israel. We're moving forward. David is a man after God's own heart. And under David, the kingdom sees prosperity like it's never seen before. Why? Because David is such a great man and a great warrior? No, because he is humble before his God, because he knows he has nothing without his God. Therefore, God raises him up because he knows he can trust him to give that glory back to him. David wants to make a more permanent dwelling place for God. He knows God's presence must be with them if they're going to be anything. But God says, no, not because of the blood on your hands. You've killed too many people, but it will be the privilege of your son, Solomon. Solomon, there's a long story there before that, but Solomon becomes king. God asks him, what do you want? Anything. And Solomon, starting out as a humble man before God, asked for what? He asked for wisdom. Wisdom of God. God's presence be among him. And God honors that request. God prospers Solomon. And we see the kingdom expand even more. Which, that's our prayer to this very day, you know? That God's kingdom would expand among us. His reign, his goodness would be seen by all nations among us. Anyone heard of the Queen of Sheba? Uh, all right, yeah, the Queen of Sheba may have come. That name may come through popular pop culture in some songs. But uh, the Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's splendor. She heard of his wisdom. She heard a little bit. And she comes. We see in the book of, of 1 Kings that she comes and she makes a visit to him in his kingdom. She doesn't know the one true God. She's heard of his name. And she comes and she asks Solomon all kinds of questions about his wisdom. And he answers every one. She goes and she goes into the storehouses of Israel and looks at the riches that God has brought upon this people who were made out of nothing, out of an infertile man at 100 years with his 90-year-old wife. That's how the nation was started. And she says, I had heard some of your glory and your wisdom but nothing compares to what I've seen now that I've been here. And she gave glory to the one true God, Yahweh. His name written in Hebrew, Yahweh. That's what God wants. He wants his glory to shine through us so that the nations come to know him and he may be present among us. Well, God can't be present without remission of sins. But Israel became a very sinful nation. The kings that follow Solomon, even Solomon himself, lifted up uh, idols because of, of marrying many women from other nations that were idol worshipers. And the nation digresses and digresses, and they see the, the, the price of their sin and idolatry. They come to a point where they're sacrificing their own children. They come to a point of, of suffering when they're eating their own children. This is an awful, awful situation. And God sends a prophet named Isaiah. Thank you. We're, we're, we're advancing even though I haven't been following all the slides. Isaiah chapter 55. This man is preaching, is, is, 
is giving the word of God to a nation that doesn't want to listen to him. They want to listen to nice messages from prophets that are false. And he tells them, you are going to, the the presence of God is going to leave you if you do not return from your sin, if you do not give up your idols. You're not only going to be, be losing the presence of God in this temple, but you're going to be taken from the land of promise. God knew that this was going to happen. But you have a chance. Israel did not take their chance. Judah, the southern kingdom, did not take their chance. God allowed them to be overtaken by a foreign nation, Babylon. They were taken far, far away in a terrible way. And they longed for their God. But God had given them a promise that a suffering servant would come and suffer the price of their sin, would ultimately give his life, and would constitute a new nation. God's justice would be established once again, his presence would return. Well, <clears throat> that's not all he promised. And I want us to go to Isaiah chapter 65 because he made promises even for the end times. Isaiah 65 verse 17. Let's read together. It says, God says, see or behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered and will not come to mind. All that we know that is corrupted will not come to mind anymore. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. God speaking, right? Not me. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. And the sound of weeping and crying will be heard in it no more. Wow. What a promise of God that... The brokenness that we brought into this world, the consequence of our own sin and idolatry, he is going to overcome and he is going to do away with because he is faithful to his promise, to his promise to dwell with us forever. The new Jerusalem. What is Jerusalem? Jerusalem is the city where God dwelt once he made that covenant with with the people of Israel, where the temple was standing in all its glory and his presence was there. And Israel, when they were faithful to God, could count on his protection. They could count on his, on his provision in times of need. They could count on him uh, protecting them from the nations that would try to advance against the God of Israel. Well, this is not the last time we hear these words in the Bible. And some of you might have said, those words are ringing very familiar in my ears. We're going to now advance forward to the book of Revelation. After Jesus has become the suffering servant, the faithful servant of Israel, and has purchased our salvation, and has left his disciples, beginning that, that new work with the power and the power of the Holy Spirit to extend God's reign throughout the earth, John has been exiled. The, prophet, the, the apostle John, or, the, or the, in this case, John the Revelator, has been exiled to an island. And John is receiving vision from the Lord Jesus about the current circumstances in the heavenly realms, and about the future, the eternal future for all of us who believe. So this has a lot to do with us. And he declares that at the return of our Savior, this is the reality. See how familiar these words are in Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. The holy city and the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God hundreds of years after Isaiah. She was prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, 
Now the dwelling of God is with men. What is with men? God's dwelling. That's his goal. That's what he's moving all of history toward. God dwelling with men again. And he will live with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. Verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Hallelujah. A lot of us could say that. For the old order of things has passed away. Wow, that's a good word. But guess what? A lot of us as Christians don't want to believe all these words. And so here's what God said next. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Everything new. He didn't say all new things, but I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down. For what? For these words are trustworthy and true. That's not what I've always heard. The vision, the kind of the Greek vision that I've had all my life is that once we pass away, we've crossed the finish line and it's over. And uh, the resurrection is just kind of a spirit rising and we'll kind of be out there on a cloud hovering in this eternal worship service. And boy, I sure hope I don't get bored over this eternity. How long is eternity? A million years? Oh my goodness. No, we have such a limited view of what eternity is. This is good news. We are going to have real flesh and blood when we are raised. When those bones are raised up and made into an army, we're going to be like Jesus when he was raised from the dead. What was Jesus? He was a human being again with real flesh. When the disciples saw him and they asked to see and to touch, Thomas touched the wounds that were there. He was made new, but there was some evidence of the life that he had lived before he died. What did he do when he went to the lake? He ate fish with them. He ate. Ghost spirits don't eat. Is that right? Yeah. He was a real, he is a real human being. Why do I mention what happened to Jesus? Because he is the first fruits of the resurrection. What is true of Jesus is true of us. And although we haven't quite gotten to the same point because we who are here haven't experienced physical death, we have been united with him. How were we united with him? When we placed our faith in Christ, God gave us the image of baptism to show that we laid down our old life and our, spiritually we died and we were raised again with new life in Christ by faith. Our sins were forgiven. Death no longer has hold on us. And we know that when our time comes, if we, if we are laid down before Christ returns, the promise is we will be raised into the new heavens and the new earth to dwell forever. To be what? To be God's co-regents, to be his co-laborers, to be his image once again in that new creation. To extend what begins as perfect to become that never-ending project where our talents, our gifts are used for eternity. The things and the passions that you have from God that are good... That's not just for this life, my brother and sister. That's for eternity. God is going to be with us. Now, what does that have to do with today? Hmm. Today, we are already the new humanity, my brothers and sisters. The new humanity that we will be perfect in that time, God has already raised us up. And we are to live today the same way that we will live eternally, without sin, we are to live in a way that we encourage each other, that we lift each other up. We are to live 
bringing about justice, not justice the way the world sees it, but justice the way that God intended it to be forever. We're here to have eyes for those that are put aside and put asunder and to give them the dignity that is due them, the way that they will live forever if they are in Christ like you and me. Wow, that eternal living begins today. Eternal life begins the moment you are raised with Christ in faith to new life. Wow, that is good news. This has been a dark time. This has been a time where we have looked at humanity and we've said, are we coming to an end? Are we coming to the end of life as we know it? Am I going to have to hide away forever? I know not all of you have been, have had the same level of fear as others. Some of you have kind of doubted what's going on. Others have been pretty sure. And, but for all of us, it's been a hard time. For some of you, it's been much harder because you've lost jobs, because your businesses have had to close down for a while. But my brothers and sisters, the valley, the measure of the valley that we go through is the measure of the mountain that God is ready to raise us up to. Please do not lose hope. We are the new humanity. We are the body of Christ, the hands and the feet of Christ, as Jason said earlier. Times of glory are coming. In Fredericksburg, please remember this. As the body of Christ, and God begins to prosper us again, as he begins to open up our businesses, and the tourists are coming in, as you're building again, as you're creating art again and selling the art that you're creating you do, I know you do many amazing things. Please never lose sight of those in our community who are less fortunate. Never lose sight. Because if we forget those who have not come to know the presence, the forgiveness, and the blessing of God as we have, we have lost the boat. We've missed it. Um, I want to give you thanks again. I want to thank you for the part that you have had in the, the ministry that God entrusted to Leslie and me over the last four years in Mexico. I want to give you thanks for praying for me and Leslie and my boys, and also for praying for those that are laboring with us there. We are part of a team of, uh, of pastors that are going to continue. Their feet are still going to be on the ground. This is not ending. Just like when we move into the new kingdom, when Christ returns, it's not an end. It's just a transition to our, our forever state. The church in Mexico that we were a part of will continue on. And we expect there to be a, a collaboration in the future. We don't know what ministry outside of my school God has for us in San Antonio yet. But we trust that this is the beginning of something new and something that is good and glorious. And there are great resources with the people we are working with in Mexico in Spanish that I believe have great blessing to the Spanish-speaking church in San Antonio and many other places here. And so this is a new beginning. But you have helped bring us to this point. You've given when it's difficult. You've prayed for us when you're tired and when you're weary. And I have no words to express our heartfelt gratitude to you. We look forward to seeing you more often. We look forward to seeing what God has in store for the future. This morning, there may be someone here who has never placed their faith in Christ, who has never accepted his forgiveness for their sins and the opportunity to become part of a new humanity, the humanity, humanity that will live forever in that new heavens and new earth joined together. If there is anyone this morning that would like to do that for the first time, I would ask you to indicate that, showing a showing of a hand. Somehow make us, let me know that I could pray with you.
All right. Well, then we have a challenge. We have a challenge this morning to stand up and to be the body of Christ, the glorious body of Christ in which his presence is in us because we are forgiven. We are that clean and holy temple where for now he can dwell and show all of his glory to this community around us and wherever God sends us. If you are convinced that that is your calling this morning, I ask you to stand up and I would like to pray over you at this moment. So the invitation is out for you to stand. All right. Excellent. The army is on its feet. Dear Father, we come to you this morning and we give you thanks. Thank you because you created this good earth to be your dwelling. And Lord, we blew it. As mankind, we lifted up idols, but you are faithful to your design and your plan and your promise. And you have redeemed us at the ultimate cost of giving your life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being obedient to the Father to the point of death. Thank you that we have forgiveness of sins and we are now empowered to follow you with all of our hearts, not just with our minds. Thank you for imprinting your command on our heart. Lord, we declare that, yes, it has been a tough valley recently. Lord, we, many of us have been in our homes, not without going out. Some of us have lost businesses. Some of us have lost loved ones, Lord. But we declare that this is not a finite end. Those who are in Christ have a forever future in you. And Lord, if we've lost loved ones in Christ, we will be with them forever. Thank you for that promise. Not only will we be with them, but we will be with you. And it's only worth it, Lord, if we're with you. But Lord, we are called to be the new humanity today and to be the proof that what is to come is real because your power is displayed through us. So, Lord, ignite our talents. Ignite our gifts. Ignite our creativity, Lord. Show us how to meet needs in the community that may have changed. Lord, some things have had to change because of shelter in place and all kinds of different things. But, Lord, there are still needs. So, Lord, help us to employ ourselves to meet needs and to be able to bring income into our families, into the kingdom, so that your kingdom continues to grow. Lord, thank you for Bridge Church. Thank you for the blessing that they are to me and my family, to many who are laboring in the kingdom, Lord. Thank you for the way that they open their wallets, but they also open their hearts, and they give, and they pray, and they know that their investment is an eternal one. And Lord, I bless them today in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Hey, family. It is Pastor Jimmy. Just wanted to say hi. You just thought I wasn't going to be here this weekend, but I'm here via video. The marvels of modern technology, right? Well, listen, I'm coming to you from beautiful downtown historic Franklin, Tennessee, one of our favorite places, which actually reminds us a lot of Fredericksburg. And so we feel right at home here. But I want to encourage you today. First of all, we're so thankful for Brian and Leslie Haley who have been with us for so long. And even as they now are getting ready for a new season of life, as Brian's been explaining, we want to do something for them. We want to bless them with a love offering. So I want to encourage you to prepare yourself to give and just pray real quick right now and just say, Lord Jesus, what would you have me give 
to encourage them, to bless them as they transition into a new season. So I'm going to invite you to do that. And as we do, I'm going to invite you to, as the music goes and when the service is over, you can make your way to one of the deposit boxes by the doors and deposit your offering. If you would, just put your on your check just for Brian and Leslie down in the memo area. And that way, we'll be sure and get that to them. But we want to bless them as they make this transition. We're so thankful. So, hey, have a blessed day. God bless you. We miss you. And we'll be home soon. But uh, we're sure are enjoying Franklin and Nashville, Tennessee. Love you much. Bye-bye. Would you stand as we, uh, as we uh, worship with one more song? Beautiful way to end the service.
Amen, church. Be blessed. Be a blessing. You're dismissed.